Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I am Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, the I, I guess we can call them the rifting duo. I don't know. That's not doesn't really rhyme. They're angry at each other. They got into an argument before we went on the air. Uh, it's it got ugly. I mean, there was name calling. Um, uh, threats were given. I was just trying to be the mediator in the entire situation, but I bring in Brian Anthony Davis, BAD. We know what that stands for. So, Brian, how's it going? Hey, really good. I, I love how the uh, the the molehill just become a mountain. <laughs> Jeff reports it. <laughs> Jeff's fish he caught was this big. That's true. It was. And joining him is, you know, the uh, his. I guess you could say his villain, since you guys are big comic book people. That's the president and charter member of the Deontay Johnson fan club, Dave Schofield. How's it going, Dave? Why do I put myself through this on Thursday nights? <laughs> you once labeled this as your one of the favorite one of your favorite parts of the week. And yes, and all of a sudden you guys started <laughs> behaving in. I'm not even going to say. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Come on, David. I am doing quite well. I went, to my, I, went to, I, was gonna say, I went to my children's recital tonight because there wasn't a good movie on. So um, I, 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 from <laughs> yeah, that, I'm very, I'm feeling I mean, very good. Loosen up a little bit. All right. Come on. All right. Now, I want to tell uh, we have some news to talk about. Uh, not a lot of news. And then we're going to get right into this Deontay Johnson talk because not only is Dave super pumped to talk about him, but also because that's who we're previewing tonight. We said we're going to go through each week. We're going to preview one of the rookies. We might get sick and tired of it and just lump the last day three guys together. I don't know. But these first few picks, I believe they deserve a full episode. And uh, then we're going to do something we haven't done after the Stat Geek segment. We're going to open it up to questions. A lot of times people, I've gotten emails, I've gotten YouTube comments about, hey, I wish you guys would do Q&As in other shows besides my burning question, which aired last night. You can check it out if you haven't. Um, and we're going to do that. We're going to obviously allow you guys to ask us questions. We'll debate those. We'll answer those for you. And that's before our either-or segment, which is wildly popular. That's what I hear, so to speak. Anyways, um, let's get into the news. The Steelers did make some news recently. They've signed seven of their nine draft picks. Whoop-dee-doo. Uh, the only two that remain unsigned are number one draft pick, Devin Bush. And I believe, correct me, Dave, help me out here. I know you know who is who else is missing. It's Brian's guy. Uh, Lane. Oh, yeah, Justin Lane. Lane. What the, what's up with your, what's up with your my guy. man? Sign the contract. You know, sign on that dotted line. They're, they're, I think they're trying to get them all done by rookie minicamp, which is here. And we'll talk about that briefly. But uh, other than news, Dave was very upset and he was texting me feverishly a couple of days ago about this discrepancy on the Steelers roster, how their 90 man offseason roster was inflated. I mean, they had so many more people and they had to make cuts. And he's asking about Brian Chazier and the reserve list and the pup list. They finally appeased Dave Schofield, and they released two players today. One of them, I was kind of surprised. Matt McCrane was the kicker that came in last week, last year. He kicked for the team in 2000, uh, the week 17 of 2018, kicked the game-winning field goal. Everyone thought, hey, this kid might actually be competition for Boswell. You know, not going to happen. Uh, Brian Davis, I'll ask you this first. What were your thoughts? Did you think McCrane was actually going to get a competition, or or what? Yeah, I didn't realize he was still on the roster. I got to be honest. 
Well, you know what? I actually they did they did sign him uh, like right like January fourth or third or something like that, but it was uh, nobody was paying attention to it because that's when the Antonio Brown hubaloo came out. Um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised because they said they were going to give him competition. Art Rooney too just came out the last couple of days and made a comment about the kicking game being under par and so many levels. So you kind of thought that they would bring a guy with experience in and a guy that, that kicked really well against Cincinnati um, in the, on December 30th in the uh, season finale. But uh, you know, they have to make room for guys and I am just two guys are safe. Jeff, you're going to be glad to hear this. Ralph Webb is safe <laughs> and Brogan Roback is safe. What about Frank Webb, his brother? He's on the team too. Isn't he? <laughs> Frank, uh, Frank, uh, Frank the Tank. Hey. Well, then you could go way back to Dragnet Jack Webb. There you go. That's a good point. Frank the Tank. <laughs> Dave, um, your thoughts on finally getting the roster to ninety? Um, that's to ninety-one, Jeff. You've been saying what the ninety-man roster for forever. They have an extra guy because they get to carry oh, the guy gosh. from Scotland. I'm not counting, not from Scotland. Scotland Williamson. He's a guy from England. Yeah. I got the wrong. His, his his when your last name's a country and you're from a different country, it's confusing. But anyway, no. So now they're down to ninety-one. They were at ninety-three. I knew that there was people that must not have come across the transaction stuff and i thought you actually cared about these things kind of things so i learned my lesson there well uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just mentioned I, I wanted to say something about matt mccain i'm not surprised that he was cut that's who i thought would be cut i don't think that he had the leg strength especially uh to to, to kick in tougher conditions in the afc north um what i think this tells us is that their undrafted rookie free agent that they signed, they are happy with. Um, he's a rocket scientist out of UCF. Matthew so, Wayne. so him and Josh Dobbs should actually have some good stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's one of these really, really smart guys, had a really great career there at UCF. So there's your competition. So in other words, that's that. That's who it, well, Matt McCrane's like five foot, six feet tall to go back to him. I don't think his physically would be able to kick the ball that far. He did the job in week 17, but there you go. Now, the other news um, is Brian brought this up. And Brian, go ahead and tell Art Rooney the second spoke. And what did he say about Ben Roethlisberger? You know, he uh, and and this is something that we've all expected, but he said that Ben came to him and said that he wants to play another three years. And so that's pretty much the reason the contract was shaped that way. So that's the goal. And that's the window. Now we know for sure. Well, not for sure, but we believe for sure. Yeah. Um, I, you told me that before we went on the air and I was like, well, I mean, he signed a two year extension. He's got three years left. I assume he'll, he'll fill out. He'll play the rest of that contract. But I always ask myself, if let's say one of two things happen, we'll ask, I'll ask you guys and see what you guys think. If one of two things happens, if he has a, a, an injury that is considered more on the serious side or he wins a Super Bowl, does Ben still fulfill the three years or does he hang it up? Dave, I'll go with you first. Would he continue to fulfill his three year agreement or would he just walk away from the game? That's 
for Ben to know. I'm I mean, giving you, I was asking your opinion. What well, do you I, think? On, it, it really depends on how the Steelers do over the next two seasons. If I think if they win a Super Bowl in the next two years, um, or if he does have any kind of significant injury, or if he just struggles with any kind of head injuries, even if he doesn't miss much, if any time, that's going to be something for him to consider where he might not live it out. All right, so let's simplify the question. If he if they win a Super Bowl this year, does, Ugh, that's the tough one. Does Ben come back? That's that's oh, a yeah. 50-50. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, so yeah, uh, he does. You know why? Thank you. I'll right. tell you why. So we can get two. Four. He wants he wants yeah. Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Yeah. Four. yeah. They hate each other. They hate each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay. All right. So th- there's a little bit of news there, and there's going to be more news coming up as rookie minicamp and, and OTA starts soon. The veterans will be showing up. I-, I saw a really good headline. I didn't get to read the article by Mark Caballi of The Athletic, basically saying don't trust anything you read from rookie minicamp because it's just the rookies out there. Uh, there's no veterans. The coaches are just really molding pieces of clay, so to speak, with the the rookies. And he referenced Dree Archer, who I remember was like a polarizing lightning rod in rookie minicamp because his speed and he was just so elusive. Well, they're, they're not hitting and they're all rookies. And then once the veterans showed up, you know what happened there. So the rookie minicamp is about to get underway. Brian, what hey. do you think? Go ahead. Don't give up on Dree Archer. He'll, he's going to be good. I'm telling you. <laughs> They're still waiting for him to show up in New York, I think, for the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of quick little wide receivers, we'll talk about one from Toledo, who was drafted in the third round with the Steelers selection. And this is all comes down to the, the headline of this episode. You know, they used their pick that they got in the third round from the Oakland Raiders with Antonio Brown, and they selected Deontay Johnson with that first third round pick. And he is automatically and probably not fairly going to be compared to Antonio Brown in every single aspect. They both came come from Mac schools, similar size, similar skill set, similar speed. Um, not a lot of hype surrounding them coming out of college, yet you see a ton of potential. And so, uh, Dave, I know you have some statistics from college that you want to compare both Johnson and Antonio Brown when he was at Central Michigan. Go ahead and spit those out to us. Yeah, I felt that making a comparison with Antonio Brown was fair because they were both coming from the same conference, although, you know, you are looking at it being nine years later. Um, But it's important to realize that Deontay Johnson did not have nearly as good of a, a, well, I was going to say senior year, meaning his last year, his junior year there, as he did as a sophomore. As a sophomore, he had 74 receptions, uh, 1,278 yards, and 13 touchdowns. But his junior year, he only had 49 receptions, 761 yards, and eight touchdowns. But the biggest factor behind that was the quarterback he had when he was a sophomore was Logan Woodside, who was drafted in the NFL by the Bengals, but he ended in the seventh round, but he ended up being who they say could have possibly been the MVP of the AAF if they wouldn't have uh, folded under that, um, that he actually had a pretty decent quarterback. His, his last year there, his junior year, um, he, he had two different quarterbacks. Um, I'm not, I can, I'm not exactly sure exactly if it was due to injury or due to performance or what, 
but uh, he did not have the, the same people throwing him the ball. But uh, what I did was I highlighted their, the biggest profile game that, that both players had um, when they were playing in the Mac. And that was um, for Toledo played Miami both years. Um, I, I looked at there in 2017 and 2018, and that's when Deontay Johnson really, really, really shined. In two games, he had four touchdowns. Two touchdowns. When in his senior, he had uh, six receptions for 119 yards and two touchdowns. So against the better competition, supposedly, uh, he really stepped it up. Okay, those are good numbers and and pretty interesting stuff, uh, Brian. Uh, you know, we've had some time now, I think I believe two weeks to let this pick kind of marinate. Uh, what are your thoughts about Deontay Johnson? If there's any statistics you want to throw out there, uh, what exactly, you know, where do you see this kid fitting in? You know what? I, I agree with Dave that it's a lot of pressure to put on him when you're comparing him to an Antonio Brown because of where he was picked, because he came from a Mac school, um, because of his size. But the bottom line of the whole thing is the Steelers were not looking for a 6'3 guy. They were looking for a guy that fit their system even more. If the Seahawks hadn't traded up, and Dave and I have talked about this offline before, I still don't think two picks before when Metcalf went off the board from Old Miss, I still think Steeler Nation would have gone crazy when they still would have picked Deontay Johnson over DK Metcalf with that pick. This guy kind of fits what they want. Uh, Daryl Drake, the wide receiver coach, knew exactly who this guy was, knew what was going on with how much Tampa Bay loved him, and they scouted him. He came in for a visit. They He's everything that this team and their scheme wanted and thought was perfect. So I that's why it didn't take me long to turn around on the pick. And uh, I know we give we give Dave a little guff for it, but he's turned around on the pick too. It was just instant reaction. We want everybody wanted the sexy pick. Everyone wanted blonde hair Chase Winovich from the Pittsburgh area because they knew his name. They knew who he was. They wanted Metcalf. They wanted guys that they know who they are. When you hear an anonymous guy, you're a, and there's other names out there, immediately you're like, I, I wanted that. I wanted that guy. Why, why are we getting this guy I've never heard of? And that's the problem. Sometimes you do really well when you're thirsty with Giant Eagle brand cola instead of Coke. Sometimes, I mean, gosh, now, I mean, this is blasphemy, but sometimes you do okay with Hunts over Heinz, too. You know, you don't have to always have that brand name. This guy's not a brand name. But I guess what? He will be. And so many of you, two years ago, Jeff and I not included, because we talked about this right away. We loved it. You guys were pissed. Steeler Nation was pissed when Juju Smith-Schuster came off the board to Pittsburgh. They didn't want the guy. But it's just like Woodstock. Like, you know how, like, only 100,000 people went to Woodstock, but a million people say that they went to Max Yasker's farm 50 years ago in 1969? All these people, like a million people, are saying, oh, I love the pick when they said Juju's name. We wanted that guy. You didn't hear of him. The only way you possibly heard of the guy is if you watched the Rose Bowl, watched him torch uh, Penn State. That's how you knew who this guy was. But if you follow it and if you follow the draft like we do and a lot of you in Steeler Nation, a lot of our our, uh, our readers and the people that listen to the podcast, they follow the draft 
and they know who these guys are. So that's the reason this pick was, you know, somewhat controversial because they wanted that name. But I tell you what, the way he looks on film, he fits that fits that profile perfect. And Dave said something huge. His second season, all those numbers with Logan Woodside, that's fantastic. They have two lesser quarterbacks in there that weren't getting these guys the ball, and there were other talented receivers on that team, and it just didn't shake up as well. But this guy was the best on that Toledo team as far as a wide receiver, and he's going to really open things up for this offense. So I love this pick once again. Yeah, yeah. you watch the film, and you, I agree 100%. He, he does fit the system. And my question, my next question for you all is, where does he fit in this offense? And what are the expectations that you have in your mind for him? Because we're, we're fans. I mean, we run, we do podcasts, we write articles, and we're considered probably part of the journalistic or media community. But at the same time, we're fans, and we can openly state that. We don't have to hide our, our fanhood. Uh, Dave, we'll go with you first. What are your expectations for Deontay Johnson as a rookie? How do you see him fitting? And if he plays, who's he playing over? Go ahead. All right. Well, I was going to do a little bit um, that you got to remember, no Steeler rookie wide receiver has ever hit 1,000 yards, ever. Ah, oh, but geez, you would season. have if he didn't get suspended. Probably. And he was suspended against the Ravens. Yeah, and I made a mistake about that last night. Because <laughs> he had the 97-yarder against the Lions. I don't know why I was thinking the Lions. But that was, well, because yeah, okay. you knew it was the game after the Bengals, and they did play the Lions right after the Bengals, but that was the first time they played the Bengals. Okay, gotcha. And the second time they played the Bengals, they played the Ravens the next there time. But go. regardless. But Juju actually does hold the record for the most yards by a rookie. Uh, do you know who has the most touchdowns as a wide receiver by a rookie? This well, I wasn't going to do this in Sad Geek. I'm just asking now. Hmm. It was actually what's that, Brian? You got Lewis Lips. Yes, he had nine. Okay. Lewis Lips. But you, but you've got to remember, yeah, that that doesn't mean anything. Who was the highest drafted stealer in the last 25 years of out of everyone was Plexico Burris. How many touchdowns did he have as a rookie? I want to say one. Zero. Oh, I was going to say zero. I was like, he had to have zero one. <laughs> touchdowns as a rookie, only 200 and some yards receiving as a rookie. So we've got to remember, even, even that doesn't. Uh, how, I think Devontae Johnson's going to do better than that. So, but we have to remember that, oh, wow, if he only has two touchdowns in the first half of the season, oh, what? A, no, he's not a bust. He's not, oh, he's only got 500 yards. No, he's doing great. Don't set the expectations too high. I think he's going to do great. I don't know if he'll hit the ground running the way Juju did. We'll just have to see. But I, I also don't think we need to pigeonhole him into the slot. I think he's going to be an outside guy. I think he's the X receiver for the Steelers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so you're – hold on. I know, Brian, you want to say something, but let me ask Dave a quick question. You're saying that he's going to start over Dante Moncrief and or James Washington, assuming that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be on the outside and not in the slot. No, I'm meaning – that's that's the position he is going to eventually end up in. It doesn't right. necessarily mean he's going to start okay. there this year. But so many people are like, oh, the Steelers are so crowded at the slot because Juju can play the slot. And you got Switzer and you got Rodgers. He was not – they didn't draft him to stick him in the slot. 
He can play but both. What's good, he can play both. He can yeah, play exactly. Both. Why not have as many versatile receivers as you can that could play anywhere? I think Juju's going to be your why, and I think eventually he, Devontae Johnson, he's going to be the Antonio Brown. He's going to be the X. Okay. What, what do you have to say, Brian? I know you've been sitting there. You wanted to say something. Go ahead. <laughs> you know me. Well, you know, here's here's another thing. When Juju was a rookie, there were different circumstances. He had to come in and play. You had it before that Lions game, Martavis Bryant spouted off like crazy because he didn't like what happened in the Cincinnati game, and he got suspended because he didn't show up to work. I I don't know if you remember that, but it was on that Monday or Tuesday after that Lions game, after that Bengals game, he didn't show up because he was pouting. Actually, had his girlfriend call in, and then his girlfriend was spouting off on Twitter. There was so much drama, and then it took him a while to, uh, you know, carve his way out of the doghouse. So there was not as much depth at that time with that wide receiver stable. So he had to come in. Juju had to come in and play. They had no choice to throw him into the mix. They don't have to throw Deontay Johnson into the mix that quick. They could let him marinate. They could let him learn the system. They have other players that can play. Um, it's going to be a neat battle to watch him against James Washington and see who fits that system better. That's We're going to find that out. We might find out that they uh, like Johnson over Washington or or the opposite of that. but. They don't have to push him in. So you can't compare him to Juju Smith-Schuster's rookie year because it's completely different circumstances, and hopefully they don't need him. Right, exactly. And uh, a quick sidebar is that Jeremy Fowler reported today that James Washington, who's entering his second year with the team, just like so many other players before him, the Steelers got to him in the offseason and said, look, you need to lose some weight. It's not always about bigger and fat, bigger or stronger in the NFL. It's about being well-conditioned. Supposedly, he's lost about 10 pounds. He's slimmer. He's faster. That's important. James Conner went through that. Le'Veon Bell went through that. There's others that have done that as well. So keep that in the back of your mind. But my last question here, before we go to the stat geek, about Deontay Johnson is the headline of this episode, and that is, do you feel that at least in his rookie year, in terms of fan reaction, he's entering a lose-lose situation? It's really simple. Brian, we'll go with you first. Is he going to be in a lose-lose situation because of the comparisons to Brown, because of the trade, because of the pick that was used? Is he in that type of situation? Go ahead. Yeah, he is. He, uh, he but he could he could uh, burrow his way out of it. But I think he is. I, I think there's too much on him right now. But we'll see what kind of what kind of character he has. And uh, I think they studied this guy. I think he'll pull out of it. But there's going to be some warming up time because we are fickle fans. Absolutely. What about you, Dave? What do you think? I'm going to give my answer. Like what Brian said last week to me with the whole thing of Devin Bush being able to live up to the hype is that we've overhyped him. I think our expectations are too much. And it's our job to remind everyone throughout those those Plaxico Burst touchdown numbers, the fact that no Steelers rookie has ever had a thousand yards receiving. Um, I, I don't think he's going to lose-lose. Um, in the Steelers' eyes, I think just there might be too much in the fans' eyes. And maybe when they get a bit of a reality check, that I mean, Brian summed it up perfect with the whole situation that Juju was put in. But does every fan realize that? 
That's the thing. They're just going to want to come in and say, hey, I want another Juju. Where is he? That's what happened to James Washington last year, I think. A lot of people had those expectations. And James Washington, he's he's such a nice said kid. I don't want to pull Kevin Colbert. But he, he really is just, just a good guy and easy to root for. So they've got – I'm excited about the receiving core. I would just like mm-hmm. to see any of them step up. But I don't think he's in a lose-lose because – I think Brian's right. They're not. He's not going to have to be called on to be a superstar this year. Well, the funny thing is, I guarantee if you went up to random Steeler fan on the street who's wearing all the garb, and you said, "Hey, uh, what do you think about that Deontay Johnson pick?" A, a lot of them probably wouldn't know a thing about him. B, a lot of people probably think that he's a second-round draft pick because he was the Steelers' second pick. A lot of people probably think that he's a second round pick. He's not. He's a third round draft pick. And there's a reason he's a third round draft pick. And it's because he went to a smaller school and because of the competition he played. And to me, there's a drastic difference between a second and third round pick. Even though that third round pick is essentially, because it was so early from Oakland, uh, it's essentially like a late second still. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's our, it's our job to remind everyone. So I thought that you guys worded that well. Very good job. Uh, so here we go. Hey, go Jeff. Ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. I realized I didn't really actually give the comparison to Antonio Brown's college numbers. <laughs> I gave you a bunch of Deontay Johnsons. I'll be honest with you. Uh, AB had more catches his last two years of college. He just didn't have as many yards as Deontay Johnson. And in his big games, um, he had a game his sophomore year um, against Georgia and his junior year against Michigan State. He had one total touchdown in those in those two big games, and never cracked a hundred yards. But he did have a, he did have ten catches for seventy one yards and a touchdown against Michigan State in a game that Central Michigan won back in two thousand nine. But that was that year Michigan State was. Well, and the thing is, too, you have to remember. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Oh no, I, uh, yeah, um, that it that uh, their numbers are are somewhat are somewhat comparable. Um, but, but like I said, A A B probably had more receptions in all. But when but um, Deontay Johnson had more yards per reception. Well, the thing about you know what? Can I can I throw go, one? Go go yeah go. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, he was in a Deontay Johnson was in a, a trio. There was a talented trio of wide receivers there. I don't know what kind of teammates Antonio Brown had around him. So uh, they were distributing the ball a lot more um, to other guys that had decent numbers. I believe Deontay Johnson had the best numbers of them all. Um, but that's something that you know, that you have to look at there too, because maybe uh, you had a superstar in Antonio Brown at central Michigan and uh, three guys calling for the ball here at Toledo. And uh, for me, the, you get into Mac play uh, and uh, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin were both just glowing about Mac football. Well, because they took so many of them and they have in the past, the quarterback play is where I put the big you know, delineation between prospects because when when you're having, let's say it's an Ohio State receiver and, and Haskins is the quarterback, and Haskins was a first-round draft pick regardless of where he went, he is at least going to be more skilled than who's throwing the football to Antonio Brown when he was at Central Michigan or to Deontay Johnson when he was at Toledo. And when you put him on an NFL roster and now all of a sudden you have a Hall of Fame quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger throwing him passes, 
my gosh, it, it's, I, I would think that it would be easier. Now, there's going to be a higher level of expectation, but you're going to turn on those routes and it's going to be, the ball is going to be right there waiting for you. And you just got to make the play. And so um, it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out. So uh, uh, can I ask ahead. you one, one last quick thing? Do yeah, either sure. of you remember who Antonio Brown's quarterback was his last two years at central Michigan? The hint is he was drafted 14 picks ahead of AB in the same draft. Who was he drafted by? Uh, he was, uh, the, 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 oh, I didn't write that down. Eh, um, I can't remember. I don't know. Who was it? Um, I can never say his name right. Dan Le, Le Fievre. <laughs> uh, Le Fever. Le, oh, yeah. Le Fever. Dan Le Fever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all it's all French spelling, but yeah, that was that was AB's quarterback both his sophomore and junior year. So he had a quarterback that was drafted higher than he was. So he had a probably what would be deemed better quarterback play um, at Central Michigan than what Deontay Johnson had at Toledo. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Raver Stat Geek. Sorry, I was on mute. Yep. Well, then I'm going to change the order of my questions since we're doing this after we talked about Deontay Johnson, and I'm going to do his question first. Sure. We're doing real quick, over under. These aren't Vegas numbers. I made these up, but I'm going to keep track of these, and we'll come back and see how they uh, how they pan out in the future. Um, it's going to be – I only have I only have a few of them. All right. I, the number is 2.5. Number of touchdowns by Deontay Johnson in his rookie year, over or under? Uh, four. So over. you're Brian. Brian's over. going over. I say over as well. You're saying over. You know what? I'm going over as well. I think I'm going to say, say three. Yeah, which would make it over. Yes. So I'm not. I'm not going to make you stick to a number. I'm just going to give you the over or the under. Okay. All right. So we all have him going over. You know, having three or more touchdowns. All right, um, let's let's do this. Uh, let, let's look at Devin Bush. Uh, eight as the number of games started his rookie year by Devin. Go ahead, Brian. You know it's uh, it's it's funny. We did this on the uh, Tony and I did this, and we I put the I number wrote 10. these and then listened to your thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not accusing you of anything, but we, we yeah. put the number 10 and mm -hmm. we actually, uh, we predicted 10. So I'm going to say the over. You're going to say the over? I'm going to say over and I'm going to say 16. I think he starts from day one. I think Brian and Tony are right on with 10 because the Steelers have six games before their bye week. Um, that if I had to bet, I would say I, that would be the most likely scenario, but I would not be shocked at all if he's starting week one. And he, so, here's he, it, just a quick mm -hmm. sidebar here. Think back to TJ Watt. All right, TJ Watt was drafted at the end of the first round. I know he has the pedigree. I know he's got the motor, blah, 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 all those draft Nick terms. And he started over James Harrison from day one. Over James Harrison. 
Devin Bush, they traded up 10 picks, gave away a lot of draft capital, and they have basically a vacancy at the position. Talk about Mark Barron all you want. The guy's going to start from week one. I just don't believe that they're going to not start this guy. I will be stunned if he doesn't start from week one. I think he'll play a lot, but the question is, will they specifically not start him because he's a rookie? I think that's more likely. They're, they're um, trending away from back, that. But... They're trending away from that. They look at Terrell Edmonds last yeah, year. TJ Watt was out of necessity. Edmonds was out of necessity. They did not Watt, want to start. Watt Edmonds. wasn't. TJ Watt wasn't. No, but that's the exception, not the rule. Shazier. Shazier. They penciled him in as the starter that moment they drafted him. And they are, and they actually then said later that they felt that that was a mistake. Well, so uh, it's hard well, to say. The way he looked in the they're, preseason, they're, he looked like a monster. So. Well, exactly. But they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to pull it back more than what the fans want them to. That's just my opinion, but I think he's okay. going to start a lot. All I'm right. not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. Okay. All right. Let's, let's look here at uh rookie mini camp where they're actually going to get on the field tomorrow. The number is 0. 0.5. You're going to like this number of rookies that aren't under contract that have tryouts right now that get a contract after rookie minicamp. In other words, is there going to be any rookies? It's basically, do you think there's going to be any or none rookies that are, that are tried out now that aren't unrestricted free agents that are just tryout players? How, do you think they will have any that they then bring to camp? That they under, I'll take the under zero. You don't think they're going to have any. Okay. No. What do you think, Brian? I'll go the over. You'll go the over? Go over. I think I am too because they've ten. They've usually done right. You know, it's usually been there's been one. I remember one time it was two, but I know like R.J. Prince last year was a tryout player that then made it. Everyone knows the story of um, the other guy from West Virginia, um, Garvin. He was a guy that was not. He wasn't even an unrestricted free agent. He was a rookie. He was a mini camp tryout guy that then made the team. So, um, so we'll see what happens with that. That's fun to watch. All right, here we go. I don't know if Brian uh, checked out Jeff and my, Jeff and I had a joint article that came out Monday where we projected the 53-man roster. Um, I have a number of 1.5, the number of players that, that either one of us projected to be on the 53 that end up on the IR before week one. Did you catch me? What was the over? Yeah, you know, I... Yeah. Yeah, 1.5. Number of players projected on the 53-man roster that will end up on the IR before the season starts. Okay. I'm going to say under. Over. Over. I think last year they had two in OTAs. Yeah. Gerald Hawkins and what was it, McGee? Jake McGee, wasn't that the tight end? That- yeah, Jake McGee was questionable whether or not they thought he maybe he could knock off Grimble, but they weren't sure. But then he didn't even get the chance. So that was just during OTAs. But, but that yeah. was even before training camp. So yeah, I'm going to say over. Yep. I hope under. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I'm going to say under. Over. Um, I'll, I'll get over you. I know I will. I'll pretend the ship's not sinking because I am the king of wishful thinking that I'm going to say under. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. And... <laughs> yep. Last but not least, uh, Jessica, love this. This is gonna this is gonna be a little bit of why did I come up with this number? I'm gonna put the number at fifty. Holy cow! Number of fifty as the number of defensive, not special teams, defensive snaps by Artie Burns in 2019 for the Steelers. <laughs> My gosh! If it's not under, they are in some serious trouble. 
they are in some serious if there's injuries ahead of him and he has to play more than 50 snaps god help us all i'm gonna say i'm hoping praying under Mm -hmm. brian i'm going under I'm going to go under as well. Now, the reason I picked 50 is because if something happens where he plays an entire game on defense, he's got it. That would that would give him more than 50 snaps. So, in other words, we're all saying we're hoping that Artie Burns does not have to play a full game on defense. Just think about it. All it would take is about four snaps a game on defense for him to get there. I'm going um, I'm, I'm to go on record I, and say I, that I Artie Burns – I don't think he's going to get hardly any. I don't think Artie Burns is going to be on the team. That's another question, if he's even going to be on the team. Um, I don't think he gets cut. I could see him maybe getting traded, traded. um, but we'll see what happens. So I'm going to keep track of these. I have other ones, but I'm saving for another time. I don't know that we're going to do this every week, but we're going to do this every once in a while. I'm going to keep track of our over-unders and then see how they pan out. So like, we'll know about the rookie one by, if not next week, the week after, if they sign any of those guys. So. There we go. Uh, okay, Brian, I have a question for you and for you, Dave, but I'm asking Brian first. If a team approaches you, I don't know, let's say Arizona, because they seem to poach as many players as they can from Pittsburgh. If Arizona says, we want to give you a six-round draft pick for Artie Burns, it's training camp. He's not doing horrible, but he's not going to play that much. Do you pull the trigger on the deal, or do you keep him? You not only pull the trigger, you say yes and hang up the phone. <laughs> So they don't have a chance to change their mind. So you're saying you'll take a six rounder for a first rounder, technically. I'll take a seventh rounder and a case of uh, a, a case of Bush Light. Go Rolling Rock, and you got yourself a deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what I mean, about you? Somewhat, I mean, yeah, no, I know. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Six rounder for Artie Burns? The problem is. The the way that a lot of Steeler Nation is viewing Artie Burns right now, they feel that they would have to give up a six rounder in order to have another team take him from them. So um, if you were to get one back, six is tough. I would take a six. They'd probably like a five. I think a lot of it depends on how their their health come out of camp. You yeah, know, if they're all healthy, point. then they should move them. If they even get one injury, then you probably want to keep them around just in case. Yeah. So, okay, uh, this is something we're going to do now that we haven't done on this show before. And that's we're going to open up the live chat to a question and answer session. Um, if you have good questions, we will obviously, uh, we'll obviously, you know, address them. But I do want to mention that if you're new to this show, I do this on my show. If you want to use the super chat feature, you can. And what that is, is when on your device, whether it's a laptop or whether it's a phone, go to the chat little, the bar where you can send in a message and you, there's a little dollar sign. You can put in any amount of money and it will highlight your question. We will guarantee to answer it. And that money goes to the show. So uh, you don't have to use it, but at the same time, if you really want your question answered, and there's a lot of people asking questions, you can do that even just for like a dollar and it'll highlight it and you'll know your question will get answered. So right away, Nightwolf, who's been in the chat the entire show, he wants to know, and I'm going to ask Brian first because he wrote this article for the website, and that is he wants to talk about the draft of the Baltimore Ravens especially. He wants to know thy enemy is how he's saying it. Um, we'll go real quick, Brian. What are your thoughts on just it, just gloss over the rest of the division and you know think about it, eh, good draft, bad draft, indifferent, whatever. 
You know what? I, I thought Baltimore had a very good draft for what they needed. Um, I was surprised that some uh, pundits went ahead and uh, put them lower than what I rated it. I rated them having a pretty good draft. Um, I love Marquise Hollywood Brown, what he can possibly do for that team. Um, he's going to be absolutely electric on that team. They had some other very solid picks in the fourth round. They got the running back from Oklahoma State that uh, Pittsburgh was possibly looking at um they were they were mentioned in the same breath as this guy but they went with benny snell jr as well so i uh they were fine there but i really like what baltimore did i thought it was a decent draft cincinnati i thought it was a tire fire i thought that was one of the worst drafts i've seen in a while um i don't like anything that they did they reached for a, a, a tight end in the second round which really uh they pulled him he, he was predicted a lot lower, but I mean, no, no, we could be accused of doing that as well um, for different players, especially in the third round. Uh, some people have accused us of reaching. I just hated Cincinnati's draft. Sure, they got an offensive lineman, um, highly rated lineman in the first round, but really just not a great draft for that team. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, they didn't have a lot of uh, draft capital early um they did i feel like they got a steal with getting greedy williams where they did because i rated greedy williams pretty high they got him with their first pick in the second round and they also got uh, another guy that fell they got a guy that could start right away for them at inside linebacker and mac wilson so I thought Cleveland's draft was pretty good. I think John Dorsey is one of the smartest guys in the equation when we're talking about general managers right now. Um, he came from the Chiefs. You saw what he did there. And I like what he's doing in Cleveland. So um, I would say that uh, the three teams in the North did very well, except for Cincinnati. Okay. Um, I love Baltimore's picks, thinking that they have a quarterback that can throw the football. Um <laughs> personally they run the ball a ridiculous amount of times and yet we're going to draft all these receivers and hope and pray that the quarterback can make the throw but i like the picks and joe dave what are your thoughts quickly before we get to some more questions yeah super quick the biggest thing with baltimore is i felt like they didn't do enough to address all their losses on defense defense very good i mean point. They, yeah. they they drafted good players but they also did not get as much of what they needed otherwise i felt that uh the, the Steelers did pretty well with that, although they, you know, a lot of people would have liked to have a safety. I like this undrafted free agent safety that they picked up out of Texas. Um, Cincinnati, I a lot of stuff that didn't quite work. Um, you do realize that the tight end that they took was what would have been the Steelers pick in the second round that they traded to Denver, that then Denver traded to Cincinnati. Um, and and Cleveland, like I said, didn't have very many high picks, but I, I think they filled in some things nicely as well. So other than when it comes to addressing what they needed, I think Baltimore came up lacking with there. But what they got was pretty good. Yeah. All right. We have some super chat. Uh, Felicia says it doesn't have a question, just wants to support the show. And we appreciate that. Thanks for using that feature. Isaac says, Jeff, explain again why you don't take calls anymore. Look, uh, it's a long story, but uh, Brian was on the show back when we were on the blog talk radio side of things and we would take phone calls and we would have a couple people that decided to have a little fun and they would call in and it was really the same guy. He would even use like a block number and he would make a le very legitimate start to his statement, comment, question, whatever. And then all of a sudden would just derail and it would tor turn 
very strange and graphic and not in a suit of not in a safe for work manner we'll put it that way <laughs> and he called to brian did he ever call on with our show yeah he he did um and it was actually uh it was actually uh, racially inappropriate. And, oh, so uh, he went, he went so with a race we car with you. It was just sexual with us. Well, no, it was it was you and I. It was oh. you and I were on it. I'm not um, asleep. And it was, yeah. Um, we he was cut off really quick because you anticipated what was going on, so it didn't come over too bad. Um, but he was cut off right away. Um, on the hangover with Tony and I, um. We still take calls. Everyone's in the season. We take calls. Um, we, uh, it's still a chance for you to call and interact with us. And we have some great callers that, uh, you know, uh, Vito, Vito Nick, Mankin Ken, from New Jersey. those are guys to mention. <laughs> Vito, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Well, legendary. <laughs> and then, you know, we've, we've got Ken from Jersey. We've, we, we, what I do a show in Jersey. We have so many fans in Jersey yeah. and uh, you know, we've got Nick and Marietta, Georgia. So we've got some great callers and we'll, we'll take calls on blog talk as well. So um, yeah, I mean, we could look into, if I had a producer that would actually be able to screen the phone calls prior to that would be different. But uh, as of right now, the live chat is a perfect way for you all to communicate with us. And uh, we appreciate it. And vodka drinker, who's a regular on our show. You you get, go ahead. You've got five kids, Jeff. They can do it. You've got five kids. They can scream. <laughs> they're, they're where they should be asleep. Um, he, <laughs> Vodka Drinker used the Super Chat feature, says, I love the Browns hype. It'll be that much better when it collapses. I don't know. I, I, I Joe Thomas and Simon wrote this article for the website. came out and said that he thinks they're going to go five and one in the division this year, splitting with Pittsburgh. I'm going to say three and three, because I think this team is as exactly as Vodka Drinker puts it, on the verge of collapsing. They have a rookie head coach. They've got Baker Mayfield, who I'm still not sold on. They've got OBJ, and they've got Landry, and those two guys are best buds, but when they're taking the footballs away from each other, that's a different story altogether. Looks like they have a good running game. Their offensive line still is awful, and so I don't know how Baker's going to throw the ball from his back, especially with how many times the Steelers sack the Browns. Um, what was that number, Dave? It's something like, what is it? They average eight sacks a game, like the last three seasons or something, every time they play them. You should know that. Off the I, I don't know if that's the exact number, <laughs> but it's close to that. It's it's something crazy like that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm trying to catch up here with uh, this is why you use the super chat feature if you're in the live chat, because I guarantee we'll answer the question. So I'm trying to catch up. Um, okay. Someone asked Freeman asked about the backup running backs. What are our thoughts on that would be Jalen Samuels? And Benny Snell Jr. Question for you, Brian. I'll expand on this a little bit. Do you see this being a running back by committee year, or do you just see this being just a you're going to go in when James Conner needs spelled? Exactly. James Conner is the guy. Look, he uh, he did better than all of the rookie running backs in total yards last season. Um, the the problem was he lost about four games at the end. He would have been a thousand yard rusher. I'm glad he was uh, recognized as a pro bowler last year. He still is the guy, but they're going to spell him more. I just don't think they're going to let the wheels run off him like they did before, but they're going to give these guys an opportunity, especially when you have a guy like Benny Snell Jr. That could be your short yardage running back in 
in those situations that you might see him get a few more calls and uh, let uh, let Connor get a rest. Okay, what about you, Dave? I think Brian's pretty much right there that it's it's not going to be strictly by committee, but I think they're going to use all three and they're not just going to – you're not going to have what you've seen in years past where when you look at the stat line and and, it, and you look under rushing, there's one name. I don't think that – I think that time needs to be done. And I don't think they have to do it by drive. I just think that every once in a while you can give – give Connor a, a playoff, but I, I still think he's going to go over 50% of the carries. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, some really good questions. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on this because we're trying to shorten the show a little bit, streamline things, so to speak. And so um, there we go. That was a good show, I thought. And so this is the time in the show where we uh, we kind of detour away from the football side of things, if we choose, and we go into our either-or segment our either or segment is basically we can talk about anything we want. We've talked about music. We've talked about theater, believe it or not. We've talked about uh, movies. And obviously, we have talked about football as well. Now, Dave, you said that you had a great one this week. And you said that I don't even have to do one this week. And that's fine by me. I don't have to. So, Dave, go ahead with your either or to get us started. I, I I did this uh, Jeff Hartman style with the candy. I had to go bracket because I just could oh, not narrow it down. <laughs> But I'm, I'm combining two great things. I'm combining music and television. We are doing the bracket of best TV theme shows. That, or sorry, best TV theme songs. Um, there All is, right, Dave, you're back in my good grace. Yep, here's the deal. It's it, There was a couple criteria because there were just so many. A couple criteria that I did to break it down. Uh, it had to have lyrics. So okay. I cut out all the instrumental ones. I, that could be for another time. I also made it that it had to premiere at least 10 years ago. Um, it could still be on. Actually, two of these are still on. It'll be nice to see if you guys can figure out which ones they are. But I got a Jeff bracket and a Brian bracket. I split them up. I actually seeded them, but I'm not going to tell you the seeds unless you really want to know them. Um, and I have a couple play-in games because I had to fit them in. This also includes cartoons. So I'm going to start with Jeff. I'm going to give him the crappiest ones first. You ready? Here you go, sure. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Animaniacs versus Saved by the Bell. Uh, I, I still can sing the Animaniacs song, so I'm going to go with Animaniacs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, the Jetsons versus Dawson's Creek. The Jetsons. Okay. That's song. your. That's your that song. Yeah, that's your that's your two playing games, I Brian. Here's, yeah. <laughs> here's Brian's two playing games. Holocaust. Oh, um. The Monkees versus the Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Joe yes, Cocker. Yes. Oh, yep. Love that. Yep. Okay, here's your other one. WKRP versus the Big Bang Theory. Well, you know what? That's uh, that's pretty tough. You've got the, the Bare Naked Ladies and then Steve Carlisle, who took the WKRP theme to number 61. Not a lot of people know that. But um, I am a huge KRP fan. I'm actually a, a, a KRP page. And uh, it's, I've got to go KRP. All right. Here we go. Here, Jeff, here comes your bracket. We've got Animaniacs versus Gilligan's Island. Animaniacs. Really? Yes. With the upset. Okay. Uh, the Jeffersons versus DuckTales. 
Uh, the Jefferson. Or the Jeff. Do you say Jeffersons or Jets? Yeah. Jeffersons. Moving on up. The Jeffersons. Okay. Um, Mr. Oh, Rogers classic. versus the Adams family. Mr. Rogers. Okay, and Dukes of Hazard versus Love Boat. Just the good old boys. Never All right, no there you go. <laughs> I assume that's your choice. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, there's one region. Here's your next region, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Jetsons versus the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. can still yes. say every word. Yep. Um, what about the part that wasn't on air that was actually part of the song? Uh, I'm not familiar. Uh, you well, oh, you gotta, you've got to go Google the whole song. You don't know. The okay. Whole, I, I have it on CD. All right, here you go. Family Ties versus the Flintstones. Uh, I'll go with the Flintstones. Really? Oh, boo, boo. <laughs> Match up. So I can, I, I, I'm okay with that one. Okay. Um, thank you for being a friend. Golden Girls versus Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley, mainly because of Wayne's World when they did the uh, scene from where they're in the <laughs> brewery. <Okay. laughs> and, and then we had a shot for shot. Yeah. Okay. Um, full House versus Different Strokes. Uh, full House. Yeah. Oh, God, right. you suck, Hartman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, hey, the, hey, we full, hey, I'll be honest with you. Full House was the two, and Different Strokes was the seven. I tell you what, I'm a huge, I love that theme song. I could sing it all right now. I'm not going to, but I had a buddy well, and I during the beat just one drum. We, we would, uh, hey, now the world don't move. But anyways, <laughs> we would sing this during Penguin games, Penguin playoff games, and they would score every time we sang that song. Well, there you That's go. Good one. All right, here you what, go, Brian. Wonder Years versus Cheers. Oh gosh. As as much as I love Wonder Years, mm -hmm. I'm a huge Cheers guy. Gary Portney sang and wrote that song. Yep, that 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 was the one seed, just so you know. Um Green Acres versus Who's the Boss? Ooh, gosh. Uh I have to go Green Acres. Alrighty. Um, growing Pains versus Family Matters. As long as we got each other. B.J. Thomas and Growing Pains. Go. All right. Um, and here we go. I'm going to be interested to see how you go with this one because uh, my wife and I see this one differently. Friends versus Welcome Back, Cotter. Okay. Both of them went to number one. Um, 20 years apart. As much as I love the Rembrandts and I love Friends, it's a it's a great theme. But uh, welcome back, Cotter. They yes. wrote that song. That song was just Thank that you. song was perfect for what was going on. That's exactly. I mean, it set up the show perfectly. Yep. Ah. Oh. Hey, your dreams were your ticket out, Dave. <laughs> All right, here, here you go. You're, I, you have some tough ones. Here's your WKRP versus Three's Company. Oh, come and knock on our door. Come on, knock on my door. So you know what? Now, the guy who performed and wrote that song was the guy who wrote all of your favorite Sesame Street songs, Joe Rapazzo. Um. I love KRP, but I, I've got to go Three's Company. Yeah, you do. Classic. I understand. So here we go. 
All in the family versus Brady Bunch. Wow, that's a toughie. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Those were the days. I, I, I got to go with all in the family. Yeah. I mean, I, Dave, that was either. either. That was either. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah. All right. Yeah. All you the mentioned wow, this one. You already mentioned this one. Sesame Street versus oh, Bosom Buddies. Oh, gosh, you've got Billy Joel in the mix. Ah, <laughs> my life, Bosom Buddies. Yeah. I picked some yeah, good ones, what, didn't I? You know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is one of your best ever, actually. Um, I, I got I to gotta go. Man, I want to go Billy Joel, but I, it's too iconic. Sesame Street is too iconic. It meant too much okay. to not just my generation, but my kids. Yep. And Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. And the Big Bang Theory were the two shows on this that are still in production. Although the Big Bang Theory only has two more episodes after tonight. All right. And your last one, Beverly Hillbillies versus Perfect Strangers. Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, that's iconic. So, yep. All right. Let's go back to let's go back to Jeff and we'll zip through through these and get your champions. Animania. Let me just say I'm disappointed step by step's not in here somewhere. Uh, I love that theme song. You know what? I, I knew I was leaving out something at times. I had some other good ones. Um, <laughs> okay, go ahead. But, sorry. Um, like uh, the Facts of Life wasn't on here either. I couldn't do that yeah. one. But anyway, uh, Animaniacs versus the Jeffersons. Uh, Animaniacs. Wow. You really like that one. I, I, I don't know why. I just love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is it? What was that again? Mr. Rogers versus Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Okay, let's go ahead and finish out this region. Animaniacs versus Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, you got to go with that one. Um, almost, you almost had the nine seed coming out of that region. Um, <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, Fresh Prince versus the Flintstones. Fresh Prince. Okay. Uh, Laverne and Shirley versus Full House. Uh, I'll go Laverne and Shirley. Okay, and Fresh Prince versus Le Fresh Prince. Vernon. Hold on, I was frozen for a second. What did you say? Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay. Now, do you want to do you want to go ahead and go to your championship? Do you want to do your Dukes uh, of Hazard versus Fresh Prince, or do you want to think about it? It's going to be Fresh Prince. It's got to be uh, Fresh Prince. It's going to be Fresh Prince. Okay. Um, here you go. Here you go, Brian. Um, we've got Cheers versus Green Acres. Cheers. Thought so. Growing Pains versus Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome Back, Cotter. Okay. Um, Three's Company versus All in the Family. Three's Company. Sesame Street versus Beverly Hillbillies. Sesame Street. All right. So we got Cheers versus Welcome Back, Cotter. Gosh. This is going to keep me up at night. Um, Everybody knows your name. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to shock the world, and I'm going to shock my wife, my family. Welcome oh back. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. That's, that's horrible. Uh, no, it's not. We got Three's Company versus Sesame Street. 
Three's Company. And then to go to the final, welcome back, Cotter versus Three's Company. Welcome back. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. There's no way Welcome Back Cotter even comes close to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when it comes to being a theme song and the catchiness of it and how everyone knows every single word. Okay. So, oh, so you know, Jeff's I, vote. I agree with you on this one. We all get a vote for the championship with Fresh Prince versus Welcome Back Cotter. You know where I'm going. So Jeff's going Fresh Prince. Brian's going... Jeff's right, but screw screw that. All right, back well, I, even though I, Jeff's I, right, as much as I love "Welcome Back, Cotter," it looks like our champion is going to be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, there you go. So there, you go. there we go, guys. You know what? I I have no problem with that, but that was good. Oh uh, gosh, what have you taken? What would have you done with Cheers? What would have you done with Cheers, Jeff? Uh, Cheers would, have been in the, Cheers would have been in the final, yeah. And that would have been close. Closer than Welcome Back, Cotter. Uh, cheers. A, maybe, maybe it's just me. But I, I love them both. I mean, that, that's like trying to pick which of my kids I like uh, better. Cheer, cheers would have, cheers would have gone over my Fresh Prince like for me. me. That was the only one that I would have considered over Fresh Prince out of Brian's side. All right, well, that was good, Dave. That was Real really quick, good. That was a little awesome, little Dave. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned two. You mentioned two theme songs there. You mentioned two theme songs, um, different strokes, and facts of life, written by the same husband and wife duo at the time. But what's funny is you mentioned the show that this man starred in on his own, Alan Thick. Wrote and performed facts of life and uh well he wasn't the woman's voice but he was in the background and he also wrote different strokes and performed it may he rest in peace yes all right brian do you have one or are we just calling it yeah actually actually we do and uh just uh, this is a quick one we have kids and uh you know they uh leave stuff around the house and one of the worst yeah. things to step in would be Lego. Yes. But a lot of us have pets. So in the middle of the night, you're, you have to get up for something. You're walking out. What would you rather step in? Would you rather step in dog poop or would you rather step on a Lego, a pointy Lego? I'll step on, I think I'll step on the Lego instead. I just think that that's, the pain is temporary, but that dog poop would be, you have to clean it off your foot. Then you have to clean it off the carpet. You have to clean up the carpet. And I'll deal with a little bit of pain for a little bit, and it'll go away. And that's where I'm going. What about you, Dave? I think you answered that about perfectly because as much as a Lego would hurt, uh, the pain is temporary. The smell is not forever. So I would I would much rather ha be not having to clean up everything else that goes along with stepping in that. And plus I'd be scared to death because I don't have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian, what about you? That's like, 
you know what? I mean, I usually like to disagree with you guys just to disagree. I can't here. Um, no, I, I'll step on the Lego. The pain will go away. Uh, and then, But I will bring it up three times at breakfast just to make the kids feel bad. Absolutely. So I'll tell you what, that was a great either or segment. Uh, it's different if you stayed up and listened and watched all this. God bless your soul. Uh, we appreciate it. As always, we appreciate all the people that support the show, whether it's just in the live chat, whether you use the super chat feature, or whether you just share it. If you tell your friends about it, like it, we, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Go to BTSC Steelers Radio. Subscribe, like, share. We appreciate all of that, as well as on all of our audio platforms. So you can hear like Brian's show, The Steelers Hangover, which is only on our audio platform. Check it out by going anywhere where you download podcasts. Search for uh, Behind the Steel Curtain. You could search for Steelers. You'll find us there. Subscribe so you don't miss anything. We will see you next week for another episode of The Steelers Preview.